Tonight I want to break down these two verses into different sections tonight and even just study out what Paul's telling us here in Galatians. And we're going to start by looking at the first part of this, verse 4. It says, But when the fullness of time was come. When the fullness of the time was come. And you know, just to get an idea of whenever Jesus Christ came into earth, it's important to remember that whenever we turn our pages from Malachi over to Matthew, there's out of the Old Testament and into the New. And it's helpful to remember that 400, roughly 450 years has passed from the prophecy of Malachi to the Gospel of Matthew. And this 450-year period was a time of waiting. It was a time of silence. God wasn't speaking to the prophets as he was. He has went silent for this time. And it was also a time of anticipation. For this promised Messiah that has been told from Genesis right through to Malachi, all the people had was the Old Testament. There was no new scriptures being revealed. There was no new scriptures being given. The Old Testament was then copied and it was translated. And the godly that heard this attended to the truth, where it was taught faith and repentance. So we looked at what happened between the Testaments. And also it's important just to focus in what the time was like when Jesus came. Politically, Rome ruled the Jews. And the Jewish people were under great oppression. Taxation and victimization were prevalent. And due to these circumstances, the Jews were looking for the Messiah. And they were looking on to a man or a, a, the Messiah to be a great earthly leader. They were looking for someone who was going to save them and deliver them from this physical, earthly, and note the word temporal, affliction. They were looking for someone that was going to come and take over the, Rome, the Roman Empire and exalt the Jews. But you know, whenever we look at it as Christians, we can see God's sovereign hand right through it all. And God was sovereign, and he knew the time. And indeed, as always, his time is perfect. And now that we've set the scene and we've seen what the time was like whenever Jesus was born, we read here in Galatians, when the fullness of time was come, you see, God had appointed a time when he was going to send his only begotten son into this earth. It wasn't a surprise decision. It wasn't a last minute timing. It wasn't just a, a whim. No, this was all foreordained. God knew exactly the time that he was going to send his son. And indeed, his time was perfect. We know this as God's time has always been perfect. Whenever I think of his dear beloved friend on this earth, Lazarus, who was very, very sick and Jesus was called upon to come and see him. And as Jesus was traveling to make his way to Bethany to be, meet him, many thought whenever he arrived, he said, Lord, you're late. You're four days late. If you only came four days earlier, you could have done something. But you know, whenever we read through that story, we can see that indeed his timing was perfect. It was through those four days, as everyone thought was being late, was whenever God was able to demonstrate his strength and his power. And you know, we too can take courage that God has appointed a pastor here in Coleraine. And indeed, as always, his timing will be perfect. And you know, the time for the fulfillment of prophecies had come. Jesus 
fulfilled so many prophecies. From Genesis through to Malachi, we read of many prophecies concerning Christ. Scarlet and Catherine read some tonight. And it wasn't until the last prophecy was made that the fullness of time had come. It's estimated that over 300 prophecies were fulfilled in the life of Christ. And I have got up on the screen here some, you maybe can't read that, but there's some examples there, and I'm just going to pick out a couple. There was a prophecy of Jesus where it said that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah 7, the verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And then in Matthew 1, verse 22 and 23, it says, Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. Whenever we think of that prophecy, that isn't some just educated guess, because it defies all science that a virgin will give forth, will be born of a virgin, and a son will be born. Then we have the Messiah would be crucified with criminals. Isaiah 53 and verse 12, it says, And he was numbered with the transgressors. Matthew 27, 38, it says, Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on his right hand and the other on his left. It says that the Messiah would be given vinegar to drink. Psalm 69 and verse 21, it says, And in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. John 19, the verse 28 to 30, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It also says that the soldiers would gamble for the Messiah's garments. Psalm 22, the verse 16 says, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. And then over into the New Testament, Luke 23, verse 34, it says, And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And then the last one, whenever it comes to crucifixion, it was often a custom Whenever the man was hanging on the cross, they would break his bones, and then that would be result and ultimate death. But it said there was a prophecy that it said that the Messiah's bones would not be broken. Psalm 34, verse 20, it says, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. And we look at John 19, verse 33 to 36. It says, But when they came to Jesus, and they saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith there came out blood and water. And he saw the bare uh, record, and his record is true, and he knoweth, and he saith true, that ye might believe. For thee th these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him should not be broken. So we can see here clearly that the fullness of time had come, and Christ came and he fulfilled all those prophecies. And it said there, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. What does that teach us? It teaches us here that we can see Christ's deity and lordship. We can also see here that Christ's eternal nature, as we read God sent, 
teaching us that he already existed. And you know, deity, meaning Christ being co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father, the second person of the Godhead. We are also taught here that God sent, which teaches us that he was eternal, and therefore that's why we sang tonight, he was begotten, not created. God sent forth his Son into this world, and it was for a particular purpose, which we'll look at very soon. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, and then we read here, made of a woman. And you know what that teaches us here, that we can see that Christ's humanity, he was brought into this world through Mary, and we can also see Christ's humility, because whenever we know of the nativity scene, Christ wasn't brought, born into this world, into a palace, into a kingdom. No, he left heaven, and he was born in Bethlehem. And there was no room found in that inn, and he was laid in a manger. And Christ's example here shows both his humanity and also his humility, and how he truly can be known as the God-man, because he was truly God, and he became truly man, two natures in one person. When Christ remained God, his divine nature, he never changed, nor was it altered. God became man. And that's why we can read in John 1 and the verse 14 where it says, the word became flesh. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Christ was made truly human. And to further evidence that, Christ was made under the law. And that's just like you and I. If we are to have a life accepted by a holy God, we must keep that law perfectly. But here comes the problem. The problem is that we can't, and that is a very big problem. We therefore require one to represent us, and that has and kept God's law perfectly. Whenever we think of the commandments, we were thinking of that in youth a couple of weeks ago. God has 10 rules, and not one person that's ever lived in history, bar one, has ever been able to keep all 10. And you know, whenever we think of even thou shalt not murder, God doesn't just look for that physical act, but it says if you hate a brother without cause, it's like murder in God's eyes. And you know, you think of those uh, commandments where it says thou shalt not covet. And I put that to the fellowship not that long ago. No one can tell who's the most jealous person in this room tonight because we don't know who we're sitting beside and what's going through their minds and what they're coveting. It's one of those secret sins. But you know, it says in God's word that man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. And just as we looked about how, who God is, God is, knows all things. He's all powerful and he knows everything. And whenever we look and we examine our, our lives, being honest, and I'm including myself here, we have all failed miserably at keeping the law of God. In fact, if we're honest, we fail day and daily. But Christ came, and he was under the law, and he fulfilled the law and kept it perfect without blemish. You know, it says there in Matthew chapter 5 and the verse 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law, but I am, but as the prophets, but I am come to fulfill the law. You know, Christ came, and it says that he was in all points tempted, like as we are. 
yet without sin. And that, that was one of the greatest verses because whenever we come to God in prayer, we can be honest with him and Christ knows exactly what we're going through. He lived that life as a human, but he was also God and he kept it perfectly. And you know, why did he come and what does that mean for us? Just in closing, the verse 5 has the answer for that. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. That's us, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We have all been born in sin. We have all failed to keep God's law. And in fact, we sin day and daily in thought, word, and deed. But you know, there's great news here this Christmas time because we have been bought with a price and that price was God's only begotten son that we might be forgiven, not for keeping the law, but when God looks down, we'll be forgiven because he sees not our life, but Christ's completed work, that perfect work of redemption. He sent forth his son, born of a virgin, that we might inherit everlasting eternal life. Christ didn't come, up, come to set up an earthly kingdom. And remember that word I said earlier on, and set free a temporal persecution. No, Christ came to set up a heavenly kingdom, to set free sinners that turn to him in, in faith, in repentance, that they may escape eternal persecution. You see, if you're here tonight and you're saved, you can say here tonight that you've been redeemed, you've been ransomed, restored, and you've been forgiven. In closing, we began our study tonight looking at when the fullness of time was come. God sent forth his son. But you know, whenever we go through scripture, whenever we go past Galatians, we're also told in scripture that there's another fullness of time coming. A day set in time that even the angels in heaven don't know the day nor are. And there's coming a day when Christ will return. And we're told that he will return to bring his loved ones home. And you will either meet him as your Lord and Savior or as your judge. We are told in Revelation 20 and verse 15, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Can I ask, uh, as we close out another year, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you experienced truly what it is to have your sins forgiven? Have you repented from your sins and turned to Christ, this son that was given to us in faith? Because it says that he is not only able and willing to forgive, but that he will present you faultless before God. As we're told in Jude and the verse 24, now unto him, and that's speaking of Christ, that's speaking of uh, Jesus who came into this earth, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I trust tonight that whenever you think of that verse, that you'll be able to say in verse 5, Hallelujah, I'm redeemed because I knew that I was under the law and he's able to present me faultless before his Father. Amen. Thank you.